Hello, everyone, and welcome to Functional Fertility, the podcast designed to demystify your hormones, up-level your lifestyle, and supercharge your fertility potential. I'm your host, Dr. Kalia Waddles, and today we're going to talk about some strategies for transforming your period from the curse into the heavenly waters with lifestyle guidelines from traditional Chinese medicine. Here to walk us through this process is my friend, Dr. Amy Galvan. Dr. Amy is a different kind of doctor, combining the best of modern and traditional medicine. As an acupuncture physician specializing in fertility, she is board certified by the Acupuncture and TCM Board of Reproductive Medicine with additional training through the Institute for Functional Medicine, which you all know is beloved to me. Dr. Amy specializes in the treatment of infertility and women's health using an integrative approach, combining acupuncture, herbal medicine, functional lab testing, and diet and lifestyle interventions. We're so fortunate to have her with us today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Amy. Hi, Dr. Kalia. I'm so delighted to be here with you today. Looking forward to this. It's so fun. I've been really looking forward to this too because I learned so much from you. And then these, you always give me these fun little sound bites that I then bring into clinic. And I say, my friend, Dr. Amy told me, for example, that you need to keep your feet and your seat warm. You told me that months <laughs> ago and I've probably told a million people. So I love oh. your clinical insights. I learned so much from you and I've just been so excited to chat today. Oh, the feeling is mutual. Absolutely. Well, now we know you have this background in traditional Chinese medicine and that you use that to to really um, treat a variety of women's health and fertility issues. And today we're going to talk about period problems specifically. And I understand that there's somewhat of a model that's used in Chinese medicine to get to the root and have an understanding of where these period problems come from. Will you give us the scoop and walk us through that model or that approach? Yes, I'd love to. So in Chinese medicine, we look at basic patterns. And so when it comes to your periods, some of these patterns are individual, some of these patterns run in families, and some of these patterns run just in the lifestyle. And so the first thing we wanna look at is where's the root cause of these period problems and what's the fastest way to get rid of them? Um, if anyone is familiar with Chinese medicine, we're looking at certain channels that uh, run through the body and they each channel is oriented around certain functions of the body as well as certain feelings and mental capacities because we know the body and the mind are linked. And it's not just about the period, but it's about the whole person. So we're looking at everything about an individual that points us, and, and what I like to say is we're looking at your strengths and your weaknesses. And then we're gonna try to figure out, are we gonna zoom in on your strengths to try to correct this? Or do we need to focus in on a weakness that needs to be balanced? Everything that you're describing sounds very aligned with the functional medicine matrix to me. And listeners of the podcast are somewhat familiar with the functional medicine matrix because I talk about it all the time as a map of our body systems and how it helps us to identify the areas that are strong so that we might be able to leverage those to take care of the areas that need a little bit more support. And that it sounds very similar to what you're describing. It is very similar. And then coming in, from, so we're, we're going to the same place. We're taking functional approaches. The, um, the functional approach that you take is a little bit different than the Chinese approach that we take. So in the Chinese approach, we boil everything down um, and not, not in terms of like assimilation, um, 
transformation and, and elimination, but things like the spleen, the liver, the gallbladder, the kidney. So we give them different names and they have a different collection of purposes. And so for period problems and fertility in general, what we're looking at for the main ideas in Chinese medicine is usually kidney, liver, spleen that I mentioned, the blood, of course, and something called Jing or essence, which is what we're born with, which is multi-generational and how we can influence that. And then we're looking at some very specific channels that I like to look at called the Renmai or the conception vessel. And the other one is called the Chongmai or the penetrating vessel. Wow, that language, the conception vessel. I'm already so intrigued by that. Yeah, I'm um, Will you just tell us a little bit more? Is that is that something that you treat or that's one of these patterns that you're identifying? I'm completely, I, this is why I love podcast guests because I learned so much. I'm completely unfamiliar with this. Tell, tell us more. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with a concept called yin and yang, or they might right. know it as yin and yang and something called chi. So yin and yang are opposites and they come from the source. The yin source comes from the conception vessel. The conception vessel is all about our ability to receive. And pregnancy ultimately, as much as we want to control it and our periods, as much as we want to control them, we are on the receiving end of those things. And some women are very good at receiving and some women have a hard time with receiving, all people in general. Um, and so we focus on that. So the Renmai or the conception vessel, runs through the body. It starts before we're born. It's very active. And then it sort of feeds out into all the other channels that you've probably heard of in Chinese medicine, like the liver and the kidney and the spleen that we focus on. But when we, if someone has an imbalance where we're looking at liver, spleen and kidney and maybe heart and, you know, other channels involved that are particular to the yin or the capacity to receive, um, to open, which is the period has to open and release everything out. If that is the big picture and there's a lot going on, then we might look at the Chong Mai um, or the Ren Mai, the conception and penetrating vessels. Wow. I've heard you talk about fertility specifically saying that there could be dozens of patterns or causes that ultimately lead to infertility. Is that true for period problems in general? There could be dozens of different reasons that would ultimately cause for us to have heavy bleeding or painful periods. Yeah, so there are dozens of reasons, but the fun thing about Chinese medicine is it boils down to just some core patterns, mm -hmm. just like functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And so that's, again, why we pay attention to not just what's going on in your period, but everything else that's going on in your body, in all your systems, in your mind, and in something we call spirit, which I like to think of as our inner cheerleader, the part of us that's excited about being here, being alive. That's what we consider the spirit to be. So it's not part of a, a religious thing. Um, so yeah, so while there can be many things going on in the body, they boil down to a couple of simple things. And so we start with the simple. And when you fix that core, then everything else seems to um, get better along with it. Beautiful. And how do you identify these patterns? Is it a mix of um, the history that you're collecting and a physical exam and listening to your patient or labs? I know you're running a lot of functional labs. Do those play into your decision making and kind of identifying these patterns? Absolutely. Absolutely. We do all of these things. And 
And so then what we're interested in, and in, say, um, I, I brought some resources along uh, that I'll share at the end for okay. people who are interested. But when we're doing our diagnostic workup, we're looking at things like um, for your period, are you suffering from cramping and clotting and back pain? Are you suffering from other systems in your body that kind of get a little bit off? Like maybe you have an autoimmune flare that gets worse right before your period or on your period. Does your thinking kind of go to mush? You know, do you have brain fog? Um, do you have breast tenderness? Um, insomnia, mood changes, what kind of mood changes, you know, more toward anger, more toward tearfulness. Um, and we're looking at that period itself, like, is it, are you struggling to start, struggling to stop? Are you having spotting or flooding? Um, does it make a nice bell curve where it comes in slow and then gains momentum and then eases off? Or are you starting right straight from the get-go with flooding? And so all of those things factor into the pattern. And, you know, if you're not into Chinese medicine, you don't need to know what your pattern is. It's fun to learn it. But your acupuncturist knows what the pattern is. And then we treat accordingly with points and herbs and lifestyle changes, just like functional medicine. From a traditional Chinese medicine standpoint, just talking about those patterns you just described, like maybe you have light bleeding and then it gets heavy and then it gets light again. Or those of us who the second we realize our period is here, it is already full flow. Is there an ideal or it, there's not a right or wrong here? You're just collecting the information or what's what's the what's the scoop there? That's a great question. So there's a lot of things that people consider normal, but we don't consider that healthy. So what I want from my patients, and this is what we usually get when everything is balanced, is your period will come in on a regular schedule. You won't have any PMS, which is the big complaint my patients have because they don't get a warning. You have to really watch your calendar once you straighten everything out. <laughs> and, um, and so it starts on its scheduled day, whichever your day is, day 28, day 32, day 25, you know, it just depends on each person and their stage in life. Um, and then it's going to start and it's going to make a bell curve. It's going to come in slow, ideally in the morning, not at night. And it's going to ramp up on cycle day two with a little bit heavier. It's going to have fresh red color, no dark, no dark color, no light, pinky, watery stuff, um, no cramps, no low back pain, no symptoms. You're not even going to really notice that you're on your period. It's wonderful. No heavy flow. You're going to go through a pad or a tampon once every four hours, not sooner. And your flow is going to lighten up at night so you won't be staining the sheets. And it should be over in three to five days and it should stop real sharp. You know, it shouldn't be trickling off. It, it should be done when it's done. And none of, none of the seven days of trickling or, or longer. That's really helpful because I'm sure you hear this all the time. I'll get patients and they say, my period is, you know, four days and then I think it's over. I'm all good. I'm wearing my good panties again. And then the next day it's back all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, so frustrating. Yeah. We, we got to put an end to the stop and start. We want everything smooth. In Chinese medicine, we're going between, between yin and yang. It's this changing gears and it's got to be nice and smooth. And if we get a smooth period, we get a smooth ovulation. You get a very clear um, fertile window that you know you want to 
be on top of or back off, depending on if you're trying to conceive or not. And so these are all of the things that we're going for. And it usually, for, for most women, it takes one to three months to straighten it out. So that's really good news. And if people are using herbs, the proper herbs, and they're changing their diet and lifestyle, which is what we're going to focus on today, then it'll make a huge difference. Because I want to say even everyone that has a, a normal period, like I just described, that's you know picture perfect, if you're not treating your body right during your periods, they could get worse later. And that's what we want to avoid. We want to make sure that if you're 20 years old and everything's working, that it's going to continue working for you just as well when you're in your 30s and your 40s and then when you hit the, your menopausal years. So that you just grace right through it with, with no hangups. It's an investment in our future period health. And then hopefully if you're trying to get pregnant, you get pregnant, you had your baby, and then you're going to enter your postpartum time frame when who knows what's going to be happening with your cycle. So we're going to give all the tools that one needs to navigate this. And on that topic, you have introduced me to this term, heavenly waters, yeah. and how the Chinese medicine model calls periods heavenly waters and how someone might be listening and they could say, how is there anything heavenly about this? I am miserable. So please talk us through that term and what it means. Yes. Heavenly waters was a game changer for me uh, when I started learning about that. So in Chinese medicine, if you think about it, it's, it goes back 4,000 years. Back then, we didn't have cameras to look inside the body. We didn't know what was going on. We just knew that women bled when they were of childbearing years. And this blood was not like any other blood. If you cut your wrist, your, your arm or your leg or, or something, that blood is gonna clot and your body is going to regenerate. But this blood that comes from a menstrual flow, when it clots up and stops bleeding, you get a whole new human being. And it's very powerful. So they thought this blood was really special. And in Chinese medicine, the human body is a link or a bridge between the earth and the heavens above, whether the heavens are a place where you find the stars in the universe or God or whatever it is that's beyond our experience that we connect to that's comes that, where the life force comes from. And so heavenly waters which is what they call their periods. It's in Chinese, it's Tian Gui. Um, heavenly waters is where our bodies open up and heaven comes down through us, unites with our body and our blood and is an opportunity to create new life. And that's why our periods are so important, right? They're a sixth vital sign. We want those periods to be top-notch perfect as much as possible, not just for our convenience, but, but for the next generation and so that we can conceive when and how we want to. I just love that. I'm such a visualization person and having that whole visualization about the heavenly waters and it being this connection between our earthly body and whatever it is that you find in a greater power. I just think that's so lovely. But I know that for many, their period is a really rough time. Maybe it's painful. Maybe they have had, you know, bleeding through their clothes and there's all this like grief and feelings around it. So as you're helping them to manage the physical part and you're doing your treatment, how do you help your patients to shift into a mental place of this being a time of the heavenly waters that's very nurturing and beautiful when they've had maybe a rough go of it? Yeah, I, yes, we've had we've had a lot of patients that have had a really rough go of it. So the first thing I want them to know is that 
most of these are fixable. These are, yeah. these are fixable problems. So I want them first to start with hope so that they know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and oh my gosh, you do not have to suffer forever. And, and that that goal is closer in reach than you might imagine, especially when you bring in something that you've never tried before. So I encourage them to try new things. Many of them have tried everything, but they, because our Western culture really doesn't teach us much on what we're supposed to do on our periods. We know all about our fertility cycles and when we're ovulating and, and how to do our seed cycling and you know what kind of tampons we're supposed to use and stuff, but we don't really know how we're supposed to treat ourselves. And so that's where I start because it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful world of treating yourself right and well during your period. Um, and the first thing is, is receiving, right? That's that yin channel that conception vessel to be able to receive. Um, having your period is not a time to be super productive. And most of you know, you kind of don't want to be very productive when you're on your period anyway. So we start with the easy things, the easy doable things. I see. I mean, I think that's probably best for most of us, most approachable, the things that are the low hanging fruit. And I know we have some lifestyle things to talk about today, but I just have to ask about this whole idea of receiving as um, someone who admittedly has trouble asking for help. This is, I'll air my own dirty laundry. I have a really hard time asking for help. Is that part of it, of nurturing that receiving part of you to say, to accept and to receive assistance and help and support from others? Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is the, um, you know, Chinese medicine is deeply rooted in opposites like yin and yang, giving and receiving. And, and women's bodies are designed to give. And we sometimes forget that. But ultimately, our body is designed first to receive in order for us to give, we have to receive we can't pour from a cup that's half that's empty at all, you know, um, and and that fertility piece that we kind of want to weave in sometimes with these these difficult periods is about receiving, you know. That's what the woman's body does. She receives the life force, you know, from the male essence into her body. She does nothing. <laughs> that's the hardest thing is the letting go and doing nothing. Um, but yes, we're going to talk about the things that you can do for our overachievers that want to do something to fix their periods. So. So we're going to lean into um, some steps with that. I did want to mention something else about heavenly waters. Please do. Yes. Yes. Before I forget. So why is it called waters? We talked about the heavenly piece. It's called waters because when you look up to the sky and you look up to the heavens, how do the heavens come down to the earth? Usually in the form of water. So it's the clouds and the rain and the water is the essence of where life comes from. We are conceived in water. We are grown in utero in amniotic fluid in all this water. We're baptized in water. We're cleaned and cleansed in water and our bodies are 80% water, roughly speaking. So water is the source of life. And when the heavens come down into the body, they come in the form of water. And in our fertility, that's governed by the kidney channels, the kidneys, we associate with the water element. So that's part, the other missing piece about the heavenly waters. It's heavenly and it's waters because that's the form that heaven takes when it comes into our bodies. How 
wonderful. We just had an, an episode on cervical mucus a couple episodes ago talking about how that fertile quality cervical mucus is like 95 to 97% water. Flow is life. Water is life. That's right. Hey, everyone. Let's take a moment and talk about sleep. Sleep is incredibly important for fertility to keep our hormones healthy, to power up our antioxidant capacity, and to help us deal with inflammation. I find that the uncertainty or anticipation in the preconception timeframe can make us feel a little on edge, and it can be more difficult to find space for restorative sleep. As a busy mom and business owner, I find myself feeling wired but tired at the end of the day and craving something gentle and effective to help me wind down. I've recently started ending my day with the sleep and relaxation support by Needed. This is a delicious chamomile-infused powder in a convenient packet that I just mix into water. I've been mixing mine with warm water for a cozy and nourishing ritual before bedtime. The sleep and relaxation support is really tasty. It's like a slightly sweet chamomile tea, but it has no added sugar. It's sweetened only with monk fruit. It gives me a boost of calming ingredients like magnesium, glycine, and L-theanine to promote optimal sleep quality and relaxation. I'm so grateful to have a product that's safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding. Most sleep aids are actually contraindicated for pregnant and nursing mamas, and we know how important sleep is for these life stages too. If you are ready to relax safely and deliciously with Needed's sleep and relaxation support, head over to thisisneeded.com and use code FUNCTIONALFERTILITY for 20% off your order. That's thisisneeded.com and use code FUNCTIONALFERTILITY for 20% off your order. Well, now that we're all so eager to support ourselves with these lifestyle factors, let's get into that a little bit because I would love to hear from you some of the lifestyle changes that anyone can start taking to um, improve their periods, to nurture that part of themselves that's receiving, and to either treat you know, menstrual issues that they're dealing with, but ultimately to prepare for fertility too, perhaps. So what are some of your top lifestyle recommendations? Okay. So yeah, we'll cover those quickly and we can dive in as much as we want. So I'll go over them. Number one, exercise and Mm -hmm. movement. So you have to cut back a little bit on exercise. So I give you full permission for those of you that are, you know, going to the gym all the time and, and you're just really grinding it out. Having your period is your time to take a break. You don't have to stop exercise completely, but I usually say about 50% of what you're normally doing. Just take it a little easy because your body's losing blood. And when you exercise, you lose fluid and you're sweating. And so we don't we don't want that. Also, if you're a heavier bleeder, you don't want to lose too much blood because you're more prone to injury at that time, your joints and everything. Um, and so we want you to take it easy. And I have a really easy way to find out if you need more exercise or less exercise. During I'm taking week. notes. Yes, we're ready. Um, this is great. So you're going to look at your tongue and at the underside in the mirror. So you put your tongue to the roof of your mouth and look on the underside. If you see gorged blood vessels that are dark blue, purple, blackish in color, it means you need more exercise. And if you see that your tongue has a fine little tremor or a quiver, you're chi deficient and you need less exercise that day. So it's kind of a, a, a way of you know measuring yourself every day to see 
where you're at and what your body can handle. So when you're on your period, check that out. Okay. So just to recap, we're doing this like in the morning to prepare ourselves for the day to decide what we're, what our readiness is for this exercise. Yep. Yep. Your body will give you feedback because honestly, most American women in particular don't know when they're tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they, they are so revved up that they don't even know. And so I say, look at your tongue in the morning. And if you see a fine little tremor or a quiver, you don't have enough energy. It's not fully restored yet. You should be able to hold your tongue steady at a bare minimum. Okay. Amazing. So number one was exercise. And now we know to do our little assessment. Number two. Number two, we want you to watch. Okay. We're going to go back to what I told you before. I'm going to add one, you know, no cold feet, um, no cold womb. You want to keep not, you know, no cold seat is what we say. You don't want to sit on anything cold. You also don't want to put cold things in your stomach. So no cold feet, no cold seat, and I'm going to say no cold eat. So no ice cream at this time. Now, if you're dying for ice cream or you're dying for something really cold to eat, because that's your thing and that's your comfort food, combine it with something warm. Because that Chong Mai, that penetrating vessel I talked about, we want to keep that working really well. And it's open when you're having your period. So it's open to invasion. It's open to let things out, but things can get in. We don't want cold getting in because when cold gets in, it locks things up and tightens, right? How do we fight off cold? We shiver, we create movement. And so cold congeals and locks things in. Just think about if you ice something, right? And so we don't want cold invading through the bottoms of our feet, that's our kidney channel, so wear slippers, through the bottom of our seat, what we're sitting on, no cold chairs, and through what we eat, because that channel, that con- that uh, not conception vessel, but the Chong Mai, the um, penetrating vessel, goes up through the uterus, into the heart, it connects, and it goes through the stomach. And so you don't want cold invading down into the uterus cold food. So again, if you're going to eat a cold food, combine it with something warm and your best foods are going to be warm things, especially if you get cramps that are better with heat, you're going to want to eat nice warm food. Mm, Okay. So we have our slippers on, we put our heat pack on our chair. So our seat is warm and let's say we're really craving something sweet. It's on our period. We just want a little treat for ourselves. Could we do like some stewed apples with cinnamon and then maybe put like a little scoop of vanilla ice cream, like a tiny scoop on there. So it's mostly warm or should we just stick to the warm fruit? So I'm going to say in the end, the balance should be warm. And we're talking about a warm physical temperature, but we're also talking about what Chinese medicine calls warm, hot, cold, and cool, which is the temperature that's left over in your body after you digest the food. So yes, I'm going to say, For however much ice cream you want to eat, eat an equal or greater amount of something warm. And if you're cutting back on calories, just go for some herbal tea. That's a wonderful way to get warmth into your stomach or a soup or what we call kanji, which is a porridge that has herbs and you can make sweet kanjis or savory kanjis. Um, Yes, but I like your idea with apples and cinnamon. That's really good. Wait, what if we made a congee that had all these beautiful spices like cinnamon and ginger and all these things, and then we put a couple apples on there? Would that be an appropriate solution? Yes. So some women need more warmth and some women don't. So I would say go the distance, go, go with something really warm. If warm 
makes your period cramps go away, makes you feel better, then eat some really warm food. And if that works, stay with it. You can try dialing it back a little bit, you know. So yeah, for each each woman, it's a little bit different. Some women are going to crave salty. Um, I love salt on apples. Oh my gosh. Me too. Oh yeah, that's so good. And peanut butter with a little salt on that. Um, and then, um, yeah, the warm fruit composts. I, I remember an Instagram post you did with those and and uh, my suggestion was to add a little bit of rose water to that. So you can pick that up at any Asian market, not an Asian market, but a Middle Eastern market. Wow. Um, it's wonderful because, and rose tea as well. So a, a rose syrup, the flower, the rose, or a rose tea, add that to whatever you're eating. And it's going to create a movement for people that tend to get abdominal cramps. It's really good. That sounds so dreamy to me, like some stewed fruit with some little rose syrup or rose water in there. That sounds delightful. Um, okay, I promise I won't dwell on this too much, but what about broth? Should we be drinking? I, I have so much bone broth at my house. Is that something that would be good for us? Bone broth is excellent, especially for my kidney pattern patients. And meat stock, which is different than bone broth, is really good for my spleen type patients. So we'll talk about it. Quick signs of the little differences. Yeah. The kidney type patients, their emotion tends to be um, when it's out of balance, it'll tend toward fear, sometimes depression, um, sluggishness, just wanting to curl up on the couch and do nothing. Um, and they are usually tend to um, hot and cold patterns that get kind of out of balance. So heat will feel good on your period or you might be already too hot. You might get some night sweats when you're premenstrual. Those are kidney type patterns. Um, now the spleen type, which most people have a spleen imbalance on their period at the very least, um, they have bleeding um, irregularities. And so they're gonna need more meat stock is a little bit better. And so um, the bleeding irregularities, we talked about the um, flooding and trickling when the period won't seem to really start, won't seem to really end. And also um, they tend to feel like, um, the best description is like a damp, heavy sponge. <laughs> like your body's just dragging and maybe you have fluid retention. Maybe your breasts are really tender. Maybe you get a lot of food cravings. Those are all spleen imbalances and the emotion tends more toward worry um, and also having boundary issues like the inability to say no. That's a classic spleen imbalance. So bone broth, yes, for my kidney types. Meat stock, yes, for my... Um, spleen types. Okay. I'm going to remember this next time I'm in my damp sponge moments. <laughs> I'm going to really remember this. So these are such helpful tips. We've talked about exercise. We're going to wear our cozy slippers, keep our seat warm, eat warm food. Is, is there anything else we should be thinking of when we're on our period lifestyle wise? Yes. Let me take a quick look at my notes. I was going to, um, so we did we did sweat and exercise. Yep. We did cold. We did the stomach. Um, we are going to do, oh, sex. <laughs> we have to talk about that if we can. Yes. So, so here's the thing. For women that are having difficulty with their periods stopping and starting or coming at irregular times or coming on with a lot of PMS or PMDD and they get really irritable, and especially if there's breast tenderness. These are the liver type patterns. Um, and so for them, 
the routine of moving chi is really important. Chi is the patterns of movement in our body. Some things are supposed to come up, some things are supposed to go down. When you're on your period, we're trying to bring things down. And the problem with women that are sexually active during their periods is that arousal brings things up. And so we don't want to have the downward motion of the body with the upward motion of arousal getting in the way. So I always try to remind women, you know, no sweat, no exercise, rest. And that goes for the, the bedroom time too. So mm -hmm. no sex. We don't want anything going up into the body when we're trying to send things down. I see. We're very grounded. We're focusing on our self-care. We're drinking our broths and doing a lot of our own um, self-reflection time. That makes good sense to me. I, I can see how that would be helpful. I'm glad you said self-reflection because that's the last one I wanted to bring up. Oh. Our, yeah, I know. We're kind of on the same wavelength here is mood. So Back, you know, generations ago, when a woman was pregnant, we used to say she's in a delicate condition. And then, you know, feminism rolled along and we said, we can do anything. We can do anything on our period. We can do anything when we're pregnant. And that's not true for everyone. And so what I like to say is that delicate condition that applies not only in pregnancy, but also on your period, isn't about you being frail or weak or any of that. It's about creating a safe space for a baby to implant or a safe place for everything to flow out that needs to come out in a timely manner. Um, when it comes to pregnancy, it's the baby that's in that's the delicate condition in there. We're trying to, to be gentle and easy. And when we're on our period, we want to do that for ourselves. So we don't want anything that's going to be upsetting. So it's, you know, so... I always tell people I, I, I've had autoimmune diseases for, for years. And so uh, um, I always say that you have to choose between your health and what's happening in any given moment with stress. And so if something is stressing you and it's causing you upset, anger, grief, shock, drama, surprise, um, all of these feelings that come up, we want to try and dial that down and back off from that a little bit, especially on our period. So I remind women about that, you know, that delicate condition when you're on your period, it counts too. So we just say, I'm, you know, taking a time off from drama and anger and rage and all of that stuff. And I'm just going to contemplate, I'm going to journal, I'm going to take my hot bath and take care of me for a little bit while I'm on this, this, you know, three day, hopefully, but maybe five day cycle. Mm -hmm. I'm really resonating with that. I remember one of my mentors who was a midwife said that she tells her pregnant patients not even to watch scary movies. Like don't yeah. trigger this fear, anxiety, trauma response in your body. Take it easy on your nervous system. Right. Because it's, there's, we've talked about spleen, kidney, and liver, but there's also the heart that is a pattern in Chinese medicine and the heart governs not only our human emotions, all of them, but the brain, our consciousness, what we're aware of. And so it's the brain we know that talks to the ovaries and tries to get things going and talks to the adrenals. And sometimes those are in conflict. And so we want to control exactly what kind of inputs we are focusing on mentally, 
and emotionally. So uh, there's this thing that I really like about like cell phones, because our bodies are kind of like a cell phone in the sense that if you drop your cell phone in the water, you're going to have a problem with your cell phone, right? Um, only if it's turned on. So you want to keep your cell phone off until it dries out. Our bodies are the same way. If when we are, so it's because the water ruins the circuitry. When we are on our periods, our circuitry is completely different, right? And so we need to change the way we operate. We need to turn things off until that circuitry is done doing its thing. And then we can kind of, you know, turn everything back on life as usual. So. You're the queen of the mental model. I love these things that you come up with. I'm going to use that one too. That one's going to make an appearance in clinic too. You I mean, can't answer. turn your cell phone on when it's wet. So don't dare do these other things when you're on your period. Your no. body is sacred. It's connected to the universe, to the resource of life, to heaven. Um, so yeah, we want to honor that. We definitely want to honor that. And I think you've answered some of this already, but are there things that the modern woman is doing in her daily life that is perhaps counterproductive to these things that you've mentioned and perpetuating painful periods or or problems with fertility? Tell us what we could be aware of these days. Yeah, so I hope everybody is already on board with the, you know, avoiding chlorine in their tampons if they're using them. I would like to also add that if you um, tend to have a heavier flow at night, don't use tampons then. Don't wake yourself up in the middle of the night to change those out. Sleep on a towel, you know, and just change that towel out. You can use your pads, but but um, yeah, these things where we're trying to use one tampon after another and just basically make like we're not even on a period. Those are our no-nos. <laughs> so, so that's my biggest pet peeve. And, and that, and, and I'm so surprised to hear about women that, that really do have sex on their periods. That's another no-no for, for health reasons. Um, because again, that the flow of, of your cycle is really important. So keep your energy up because it's going to be probably a little bit down. Um, keep your exercise low, stay warm, stay comfy, take it easy. And, um, and don't get easy. Don't, yeah. don't do one tampon after another. It sounds, it's the overall theme. It sounds like is just rather than, um, forcing ourselves to work through our period, like nothing is happening to be present in it and just to own that it is happening and to modify in a way that makes us feel nourished and comfortable and calm and open to receiving. Yes, that's right. Yes, we are most connected with the source of life when we're on our period. And um, I know periods are difficult for women that are trying to conceive. It's, it's, um, it's the last thing they wanted to happen, but it's also an opportunity for a fresh start. And I'm, I'm not going to say all the cheesy things that everybody's heard before and don't want to hear again, but, but um, it's, it's an opportunity to, to really renew your body. So take time out from life, go internal, just be with yourself and journal and, and just dial it back a little bit. You have permission. You have, I, I said so. <laughs> so mm-hmm. tell, tell them that Chinese medicine or your acupuncturist, you know, your functional medicine doctor gives you permission to take a little time out. Dr. Amy's prescription for a healthy period. And I'm sure that some of that includes food too. And I can't, I can't let us part ways without talking about that. Will you share some of 
some of your favorite foods from a Chinese medicine perspective that can help us to address maybe food cravings or symptoms that we're having during our period? Yes, follow your cravings and tell your acupuncturist about it. So we're going to start there. The next thing is a lot of women crave chocolate. One of my favorite substitutions for chocolate, because we know a lot of chocolates loaded with some bad stuff in it, you know, lead and cadmium and stuff is go for cacao. It's wonderful. And add whatever sweetener of your choice and make a hot chocolate out of that. So I'm talking about cacao, not cocoa. Um, And so it's really where the, where the, the chocolate bean comes from. So do that as your chocolate go-to fix if you need it. And think about magnesium when you're craving chocolate, that might be what your body really needs. But the best thing you can do food wise is a Chinese remedy. And you take um, a cup full of water, so maybe eight ounces, bring it to a boil with a tablespoon of sugar and three tablespoons of vinegar. So use like a rice vinegar. That's the best, that's, you know, the Asian, but you can use apple cider vinegar. Vinegar is sour. Anything that you taste is sour makes you pucker up mm-hmm. and it's going to hold the blood in place so that you don't bleed too much. And it's going to help your body, that spleen sheet, lock things up when you're done so that you stop when it's time to stop. So the sour is really good. The sweet makes it better. It's good for your spleen. And then you're going to add a little salty taste, so a little bit of soy sauce or a touch of salt. And then the most important fun ingredient is two eggs, and you whisk them into that boiling water. And it's kind of like making an egg drop soup. That's what I was thinking. And it's kind of like a sweet and sour taste. So if you like sweet and sour chicken, you like egg drop soup, this is your go-to when you're on your period. That sounds delicious. I'm going to try that this time. And then I'm going to post a picture and I'll tag you in it because that sounds amazing. Fun. Yeah, it's re- it's quick and easy. It doesn't even take five minutes to make. So, so that's the other nice thing about it. Okay. These are such good pro tips. And I have a final question for you. And it is somewhat of a fun challenge that I thought I always like to end these episodes with something fun. And so my challenge to you, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Let's say we want to create a happy period gift basket for a friend, because I think that's a lovely thought that we would create these little gifts to help our friends and the the sisters in our life to get through their period. What are, let's say, three things that we have to have in that gift basket? Okay, three things. My number one, you have to have this. Let me just grab a show and tell. This is so fun. This is called Po Sum On. And it, we joke about it in Chinese medicine because it's spelled kind of like possum. <laughs> so we call it possum oil, but uh-huh. we'll get rid of cramps. It's, it's amazing. This little liniment, this one's, you can see how much I've used it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's like an icy hot, but a million times better. It penetrates inches deep in through the flesh and it moves blood and it smells wonderful. So wow. this, this will get rid of your period pain. Plus it'll help get people off ibuprofen and all of those things that mess our guts up when we're taking, you know, um, pain relievers all the time. So um, this is one of my favorite go-tos. People buy it for their friends all the time. Okay. But if anyone is listening and they're not watching this, their video, they're just listening to the audio. It's like this beautifully colored liquid. And then how do you apply it? Do you apply it to the pelvis or where do you, where do you put it? Rub it wherever you're feeling pain. So rub it over your uterus, below your belly button, that whole area that's cramping up. 
You can do it in um, the area in the small of the back area we call the Ming Men um, mm -hmm. for your metabolic fire. It's super good if you have period cramps that are better with heat, but even if you don't, it's not better with heat. Some people have a heat condition. It's also kind of cooling. So this has cinnamon and mint in it, along with a bunch of Chinese herbs. It's really potent. Every time people come in my clinic, when I, I, I use it on all my patients, I just I'm like, let's get started, you know, and people walk in the door and they smell it and they're like, oh, it smells so good in here. So my number one, Posumon oil, liniment. Beautiful. And number two? Number two, there, there's so many to choose from. Um, so an herbal tea. So this one's called Tranquility. There's a bunch of other ones that are out there. Um, I like to use, um, there's, there's some that you can get in pill form. These are some of my favorites, Menses, to ease the pain, to make the flow go better. Um, this one is called Blossom One. Um, we have a whole series of Blossom, depending on what's going on with your And period. those are capsules, that, those two, okay. Yeah capsules or you can order them in a powder you'll probably need your acupuncturist to order them or customize something for you but there are some over the counters um let's see um this one actually this one's not over the counter there are some over the counters but the tranquility is definitely over the counter uh -huh. um, to deal with the mood and sometimes like i said that hot cup of tea I, I, I recommend it in a little mug. So here's a little plug. <laughs> so, Beautiful. Favorite, whatever your favorite mug is. There are some easy things. Um, a couple of things that I like to remind people. Fill that basket with a nice plushy towel. Maybe not a white one, but it's a reminder to sleep on a towel so you're not sleeping in tampons. Not worried yeah. about your flow at night. Uh-huh. Some salt. Take a nice warm hot oh. bath. Thing. So Epsom salt bath, what a luxury. Yes, yes. And then you can add all your essential oils to that. So um, I've got my my favorite here. Um, I like grapefruit seed. Well, this one's just grapefruit, but citrus is aromatic. Opens yep. things, so it's really good for cramping. And let me ask you a question really quick about the Epsom salt. If if someone isn't feeling, they're just, they don't want to be in the bath when they're on their period, will a foot soak work? Is that okay? Is that helpful? Anything you can do. Yeah. Because some of these have, you know, these magnesium salts will absorb into the bloodstream mm -hmm. and relax things. So yeah, foot soaks are always good. I great. like that. I love that. That's a great idea. So those are three things. There's something that you can buy over the counter. That's one of my favorite secrets in Chinese medicine. It's called yin care. Yin is the underside of the body. So we refer to that areas um, where our yin orifices are. So that's a, the Chinese word for um, openings in the body that are on the yin side. So yin care is an herbal wash. And if you're familiar with bee steams or vaginal steams, yep. all of those herbs are in here. And you can use this as an external wash. It's really great for eliminating odors. It balances all the bacteria that's in that area. Um, although most women know better than to douche, there are certain conditions that do require a medicated wash that's internal. So you can use this in that format as well. And what I love about all of these things is they create, they're, they're not only treatment in the moment, but they prevent the period pain from coming back. And, and that's really lovely. 
Wow. Now I'm just thinking maybe there's a vaginal microbiome component to all of this, which is a whole other topic, but it's so fascinating. I'm going to compile all these things and put them in a post um, to share with everybody so that if if anyone is feeling inclined to make their bestie a gift basket, we'll have all these products compiled. Dr. Amy, it has been so amazing chatting with you today. Will you let everyone know where they can find you? Yes, my website is the easiest way. It's my name, Amy Galvan, A-M-Y-G-A-L-V-A-N.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending all this time with us today. For our listeners, I always have so much gratitude that you choose to spend time and get fertility education here on the Functional Fertility Podcast. And to the show's producer, Paola Martini, so much gratitude. I can't wait to share this episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Amy. Thank you, Dr. Kalia. It's been a pleasure. Did you love this episode and want to hear more? Head over to drkaliawaddles.com slash podcast where you can find more episodes on all things fertility.